From Hollywood, it's time now for Gerald Moore as... Johnny Dollar. Al Harper at Corinthian, Johnny. Hi, Al. I've got a case here you won't like, but the commission will be good if we beat it. How big is the policy? $200,000. Oh. Yeah, I'm afraid to tell you the rest. Why? It's in Hong Kong. Well, he haven't scared me yet. Johnny, the policyholders are people we've had trouble with before. I'm still not scared. No? You remember the Trans-Pacific Import-Export Office? Yeah. I sent flowers to the widow. Yeah. You still want to crack at it? No, but I will. Good. Al. Yeah. Now I'm scared. Tonight and every weekday night, Gerald Moore in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. <laughs> Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Corinthian Liability and Risk, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Trans-Pacific matter. Item 1. Plane fare to Hong Kong. head of my rickshaw boy, I found Hong Kong to be a city without simplicity, overburdened with the tragic complexities of war. To fill the smallest want is a difficult and expensive task. There's a shortage of everything, food, water, help, places to live. Both the island itself and the city of Kowloon over on the mainland were loaded with refugees from the interior, many of them lining the streets wailing for arms as we made our way to the offices of the American consul. Yes, it is true. Life is very difficult here. Now, where are they all going, Miss... Uh... Where is there for them to go? What do they do? How do they stay alive? Many of them don't. So many of them. It is not like this in, in your America? No. Has it ever been? Well, it was a civil war once. Books say that at times it was pretty bad. But not like this. Oh, never. Louisa. Yes, Mr. Grover? Would you ask Mr. Dollar to step in, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Grover. I got it, thanks. Well, Hartford, Connecticut, huh? Come in, Mr. Dollar. How are you, Mr. Grover? Sit down, sit down. Thanks. That's right. Insurance investigation, huh? Yeah. Well, now, what's your errand and what can the consulate do for you? Well, I'm here to investigate a claim filed by Trans-Pacific Import-Export Company. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Well, Will Meadows' firm was destroyed by fire last month. hundred percent. Or rather, $200,000 worth to my company. Do you know this William Meadows, Mr. Grover? Oh, I've met him at the American Club now and then. That's about all. Uh, insurance investigators are hired when... When the company uh... isn't satisfied with something about the claim. On this one, the fire was blamed on vandalism. Well, vandalism's become quite a popular pastime, across in Kowloon especially. Do you suspect some sort of fraud? Frankly, we do. Trans-Pacific once had a branch in Shanghai... When the war closed in on them, their warehouse was burned to the ground, just like this one here. Oh, I see. It occurred to some of the people in my home office that Trans-Pacific did much better by collecting on the insurance than if they'd gone through the expense of liquidating. Ah. 
I suppose coincidence won't quite do it, will it? Uh Uh-uh. Well, now, how can I help you? Well, I'd appreciate some phone calls or letters that would give me support from the fire department and the police. Mm. Yes, of course you would. (laughs) I don't suppose my problem seems very important out here. I was thinking that very thing. You know, it's always the case, Mr. Dollar. On the fringe of war, very few individual problems seem really important. Nor the individuals themselves. I trust you'll keep that in mind. I'll try to. Uh, Getting help, even time, from the police or fire brigade is one of those individual problems. But I'll do what I can for you. Anything will help, Mr. Grover. I won't take any more of your time. Oh, um, be sure to leave your number with my girl. I'll let you know about the official assistance. Well, I came right here from the airport. I don't have a number yet. Oh. Uh, No hotel? No. Pretty tough? As a matter of fact, almost impossible. The accidental places are always filled. Uh, I tell you, speak with my receptionist, Miss uh, Vedras. Is that her name? Vedras? Uh, Yes. Her father's half Portuguese, owns a small hotel. He might have accommodations. Good. I'll ask her. Thanks again. Oh, uh, Mr. Dollar, uh, just a matter of interest. Yeah? The case of Trans-Pacific Import in Shanghai. You say your company was forced to meet the claim there? That's right. Was it uh, investigated? The investigator they sent over was killed before he could build a case. Miss Vedras arranged for accommodations at her father's place on a dingy street called Sing Wang, a hill of steps along the waterfront overshadowed by the plush European mansions on the top of Victoria Peak. I had a room that looked out on an alley. Iron bed, a chair, a pitcher of water on a bamboo table. I was the only non-Oriental in the building. And I seemed to be the only one to notice it. The first night I suffered from a combination of claustrophobia and loneliness. Feelings that made me glad to find out who it was that knocked at my door. Well, hello. Mr. Grover asked me to tell you he has contacted a man named Harrison. He's at the fire control office. Oh? Mr. Grover also asked me to tell you that Mr. Harrison will see you tomorrow morning. Good. Uh, Won't you come in? Come on in. Thank you. Are you comfortable? Thanks to you, this is fine. I, uh, I don't have much to offer you. Cigarettes, scotch, Miss Vedras? I'm very curious. About what? Why you are here? Oh. Well, it's business, if that's what you mean. But it's better kept confidential. Is there danger in this business? Why do you ask that? Because you were followed and you are being watched. How do you know? Oh, I know Sing Wong Street. I have seen this man before, but not here. Where is he? Perhaps you can see him from the window. You see that shop on the other side where the boxes are piled near the door? Yeah. Say you've seen him, huh? Where? I cannot remember that I have just seen him. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no need to worry. There won't be any trouble. You seem very sure of that. <laughs> I have the advantage. He doesn't know I know he's there. Thanks for telling me about him. Perhaps you know who he is. No. I didn't think anybody knew I was in town. You you would just let it go on, this watching? Well, there's not much choice. Let's talk about something else, huh? Uh, What's that song? Hmm? Oh, it's a love song. About two lonely people who meet near a river. Oh. In America, the songs are a little different. Yes, I know. I like them. Do you know many Americans? Oh, yes. 
At the consulate office, I see them all the time. I want to marry one. I'd say he was a very lucky American. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. I don't mean there is only one. I want to marry an American who will take me away from China. There is no other way. Do you hate it that much? There's nothing else to do but hate it. There is no good here. Always trouble. Mm-hmm. The Chinese are a patient people, but I am not all Chinese. And I cannot make myself be patient any longer. I want to go to America where people thrive on impatience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think from what I have seen that Americans are the most impatient people in all the world. Yeah, that's right. They say we kill ourselves that way, heart and stomach. Oh, no, you live longer and, and better. What about your Portuguese people? They are gone. You, you think I'm wrong to be this way? No, I didn't say that. I hope you find your American, Miss Vedras. You, you want me to go now? I think you better. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Good night. Three things interfered with sleep that night. The pleading in the eyes of the girl. The smells and sounds that drifted into my room from the restless, crowded city. And the watcher who was still at his station across the street when I turned out my light. Yeah, the toughest part of this case was that failure in Shanghai where the agent had been killed. It was a pretty sobering memory. And for that reason, every face on Sing Wong Street was a suspicious one. Every group of Hong Kong Chinese were potential assassins. With my watcher across the street, the first to be reckoned with. Well, gun in hand, eyes on the street. I fell asleep that night watching him. In the morning, there was a different man in his place. I was followed to the office of Harrison, chief of the fire brigade, who had developed couldn't see me after all. So with time on my hands, I decided to talk to William Meadows, head of Trans-Pacific, the firm I'd come to investigate. Oh, yes, mister? Mr. Meadows at home? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, you give name, please? Who is it, Lim? American gentleman. My name is Dollar, Mr. Meadows. I'm from Corinthian Liability, Hartford office. Wait a minute. Uh, you coming, please? What did you say your name was? Dollar. What's the matter with that company anyway? Didn't the adjuster send in his report? What are you doing here? Now, wait a minute, Mr. Meadows. This doesn't have to be unpleasant. They sit back there in Hartford with nothing to worry about but Sunday's golf game. They don't know a thing about the conditions we're working under. Well, they do know your fire here pretty much follows the pattern of the one in Shanghai. Of same course circum- it does. The conditions are the same. Including the, quote, starving refugees, unquote, who killed and robbed the investigator? Careless people are dying here every day. It can happen pretty easy. Now say what you have to say and get out of here. That's very little, Mr. Meadows. I came here mainly to get my reaction to you. I have. You jumped to the conclusion you were under suspicion before I got through that door. You're on the defensive, so you've got to have a reason to be. Show him out, Lim. You come now, Mr. Now, wait a minute. More important, you're having me followed. You've got to be afraid of me. Uh, please, hold Mr. Dollar. Hold on. I'm not afraid of you, Dollar. Or what you might find, or what you might try to do. My warehouse burnt down here, and that dandy little company of yours is going to pay the claim. 
true. I don't like your snooping around. I don't like you coming here like this, and you know it. No man would. And that's the biggest parcel of information you'll get from me. And I'll go elsewhere. Good idea. Have your dreams, Dollar. But have them someplace else. Go snoop through the ashes. Mainly, just get out of here. Now, Mr. Dollar... I can find the door. (laughs) Two things came out of that conversation with William Meadows. First, a reasonable platform to build a strong suspicion on. Second, what Meadows was really saying was, this is my town and I run things and anybody who gets in my way can get hurt. A real nice situation. I'd been threatened and I was being followed. Expense account item two. Seven dollars for a bottle of scotch. I rickshawed back to my hotel, locked myself in, and took up my vigil by the window. Same man watching from across the street. Same kind of night. In a city where life was supposedly so cheap, mine began to grow expensive. Now, here is our star, Gerald Moore, to tell you about tomorrow's episode. Thanks. Tomorrow night, a complicated lesson in how to get shot at by your best friend and like it. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced in Hollywood. Written by E. Jack Newman and Gil Dowd, the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for another exciting episode of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. George Walsh speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network.